opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the content creators and should not be assumed to reflect public endorsements or the views of the American Council of Life, its elected officials, or its staff. Good. Hello, everyone. Good evening. Good afternoon. Good morning. Whatever time it may be when you are uh, wherever you are joining us from. So happy to have you here. My name is Maria Kristich. I am the co-chair of ACB's International Relations committee and i am so pleased to welcome you to our holiday voices from around the world our inaugural holiday voices from around the world event i hope you are looking as much forward as i am to learning about various holiday traditions from around the world and so without further ado i will turn it over to the co-chair of the international relations committee meryl schechter And I will, okay, and I will just, if you stand by here, it looks like we're having a bit of unmuting um, issues, which we will uh, get sorted. I got it. There you go. <laughs> Sorry, Maria, okay. Um, hi, good uh, evening, everyone. Good morning, good afternoon. Bonjour, buenos dias. <laughs> um, I would like to introduce, it is my pleasure to introduce both um, Hari and Ankar from India, who will speak about their holiday traditions and they will talk about their fall and winter holiday traditions. So thank you. Go ahead. Hello? Mm -hmm. um, yep, I'm just checking. Oh. It's, okay, there you go. Yes, Zoom is being temperamental. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah. oh, hi guys. Um, this is, I'm on car, and I think Hari is here too as well. Um, so first mean? of all, us, Hari, are you here? Okay, I, guess I not. do see him here. He might be having some trouble unmuting your uh, unmuting okay. himself. Okay. Well, I, I want to make a slight correction. Uh, I'm actually uh, I actually live in Hawaii, and Hari's from New York. So right, I meant uh, to say you're originally from India. I apologize. Yeah, uh, Hari is originally from India. Um, I was born and raised in the United States. Oh, okay. Sorry about that. Um, so yeah, no, no worries. I just wanted to make that clear. A correction. Yeah, um, but I come back, I believe. Mm -hmm. So yeah, Hari, um, would you like to get started and start off with you? Yeah. Uh, yes, uh, thank Ankar and everyone else here um, for the International Committee and uh, everyone involved in this. Um, it's uh, something that um, when it comes to holiday, I believe everyone, I don't think that anyone I have come across that would say, I don't like it. <laughs> so we all love it. Um, in terms of the holiday, uh, what I grew up with back in India, um, you know, we have many holidays, uh, but it depends, you know, which religious and cultural background we come from. Uh, but pretty much we have um, all the holidays you could think of uh, from every religious and social background. What I'm familiar most with, uh, because my family comes from Hindu background, is the called Diwali. Now, Diwali, you know, the reason we celebrate that is because of uh, there's the uh, mythology or uh, epic uh, drama that uh, Hindu people believe in, where a crown prince was exiled uh, due to you know family drama, as you know usually happens among royal families, 
And he was a good guy, but he was exiled. So when he returns, people loved him. You know, he was a uh, well-beloved uh, um, prince uh, uh, and crown king. But because of the family domestic uh, issues, he was exiled for 14 years. So when he returned, uh, people celebrated on the street. They light up the candle. Uh, they uh, exchange uh, sweets, uh, put new clothes, uh, clean their houses in anticipation of uh, their exile crown prince to be returned. And since then, at least what we've been told uh, through tradition, uh, we celebrate Diwali. So basically, the whole gist of Diwali is to look forward to new things in life from wealth to health and everything in between. Um, that particular day when we have a Diwali, people a uh, few days in advance, they uh, fix their homes, you know, they, they repaint, they clean their house thoroughly, they buy new clothes. And on the day of a Diwali, people um, actually have uh, sometimes priests come in, in their house, they do the worship, they do the praying, um, and they wear new clothes. Uh, they visit their families, friends, neighbors, exchange sweets and gifts. You know, they use firecrackers. Very similar to here what we do for uh, July 4th. Um, in villages, you know, they have uh, village town halls. Uh, they, they, they might have a music. Uh, you know, their people might gather together. <clears throat> so each town and city has its own uh, way of uh, celebrating. But the common uh, uh, theme throughout, no matter where you live in India, it's that uh, you exchange sweets, uh, which is also considered as a gift. Um, and uh, and by the way, there are, I think, close to or over 100 different types of sweets. Yeah, the 100 plus sweets that, yes. they, that, that, that so, we have, uh, depending on the region and where you come from in India. Yes, and they all cooked and made differently. And they have a different name. So, um, you know, we won't go through, you know, the, the yeah. name of uh, those uh, yeah. sweets. Uh, but, um, and also you... in terms of the clothing, you know, the tradition, you know, of course, in India, you know, we have more than, um, uh, I believe, uh, at least uh, 14 official languages. And uh, also uh, close to, I believe, uh, 300 different cultural variations. So, you know, people wear different kind of clothes. Uh, uh, but the the common theme is that they wear new clothes. Um, they exchange their, you know, the sweets. In, mm. and, and if they cannot afford, you know, um, in like in modern days, uh, sweets, you know, they um, tend to be quite expensive. You know, they could just simply use uh, <clears throat> The, the homemade suite. So there's no requirements that you have to actually buy a gift for someone. Uh, the focus is to just enjoy the day, you know, um, hang out with your family and friends, do the cooking. And there's all kind of cooking that goes on. You know, Indians, uh, they usually uh, well into their cooking when it comes to family gatherings and that sort of thing. But on these kind of occasions, especially Diwali, you know, so you have elements of uh, religious uh, aspects, uh, you know, where people um, uh, pray, they uh, have a, a priest a blessing, but you also have the, uh, the usual 
having a, just a good time with the family and friends. Uh, and Ankar could tell you about a little bit, you know, the different yeah. kinds of foods that we usually have. So, yeah, I wanted to step in here and talk about a little bit of, uh, about the sweets that he was talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm just going to talk about some of the generic sweets. I mean, again, as, as, as Harry just mentioned, you know, there are sweets that are, are, are region specific, but I'm going to talk about more of the generic uh, ones that are kind of meant for, uh, that are kind of uh, eaten across the board. So one of the main, the main ones is uh, raskulla, uh, which is a kind of a, it's like a round, uh, a spongy um, sweet. It's, um, if you think about like a, a, like a cake, it's like a, it's a really spongy cake and it's dipped in um, a very sweet, um, or, or a sweet, um, kind syrup of a, a, yeah, syrup of kind, you know, you think of, uh, think of a pancake syrup, but similar, it's a similar syrup, but it has a much, much more sweeter and it's Nowadays, in modern times, you can buy store-bought, but traditionally, they're homemade. Everything's made by hand, um, yeah, from, from the dough to frying it to everything is all handmade. Um, so they're very, very soft and, and, and very tasty. Uh, another one we have are, um, are chakli. Chaklis are a little bit more of a hard, uh, kind of more of like a chip kind of feeling, and they're circular. And again, they're, made out, they're also made out of dough. And they're fried, um, and they they come in all sizes and different flavors, um, but for the most part, it's very, it's very crunchy. It's very country, uh, crunchy kind of a feeling uh, when you get it, you know, like a regular chip does. And and they're very, they, they, it's it's more of a savory taste. And one thing I think you know uh, we should mention is that one mm-hmm. of the interesting aspect of it is that um, um, usually, I mean, at least to what. I have experienced what I understand from my own family mm-hmm. and uh, having grown up in India, especially um, that particular day, no one eats anything that's non-vegetarian stuff, you know, no, exactly. meat, no chicken, no eggs, nothing of that. The whole, sort. Fi- the whole five days that, because uh, Diwali goes for, for, for it's a five day process. Uh, every day is like a different event sort of a thing so the, the whole the whole week actually we don't eat any any meats or any but, but any especially the that particular day you know this the, right. you know the, the you know uh, i think the um similar to would be like a christmas eve and christmas right mm-hmm. so those are two days very similar uh, to that we have in diwali you know so you have they call the small diwali and the, the main diwali so those two days at least when I was growing up back in India uh, in early 80s and 90s, um, you know, no one would even dare to mention, you know, that, hey, I want to have, a, you know, um, chicken or a goat or a lamb or that sort of thing. No meat whatsoever. You know, the, exactly. the whole concept is that uh, because the, the crown prince, based on which this uh, celebration is uh, followed, <clears throat> is thought to be the uh, incarnation of uh, uh, divine, you know, uh, you probably heard of, you know, uh, people here in even in Western society understand that when they speak of uh, Krishna, Rama, so the mm-hmm. Rama is the one, the figure uh, was uh, crowned prince, and they 
see him as the incarnation of a uh, divine. And mm-hmm. because of that, in Hindu tradition, um, anytime you're dealing with any religious aspect, there are exceptions because there are certain religious practices in which meat is allowed and uh, even, you know, um, it's permitted or uh, you're supposed to have. Um, but in most cases, you know, um, you just stick to be vegetarian um, mm-hmm. in any kind of religious, anything that where a religion um, uh, comes in. In this case, in Diwali's case, mm-hmm. uh, definitely the base on which it is uh, has a religious uh, uh, base and, uh, you know, antecedents. So <clears throat> it's, um, th- that's the only one interesting aspect of it, you know, whereas in Christmas, you know, we would, um, you know, we wouldn't have that kind of restriction. At, at least, that my understanding is that, and and also uh, the other factor is that even though um, we come from Hindu family, but in India at least uh, we also celebrate um, Christmas. Um, in fact, it used to be the national holiday on the twenty fifth. We also celebrate Eid, which is the Muslim holiday, and uh, the couple of other holidays. Uh, but of course, you know, having grown up in Hindu family, uh, Diwali is something that, um, you know, I'm closely familiar with. Uh, um, and yeah. most holidays pretty much adapt to the local culture as it is in uh, our case, yeah. um, where my um, grandparents come from. Uh, it's up in the mountain areas. They also celebrate Diwalis, but they celebrate slightly different. So because they are farmers, one of the th- traditions they have is that they actually feed that particular day. They make a special uh, food for uh, the um, ox that uh, plow the land because, you know, they believe that uh, since these animals, they, uh, they are the one, you know, who do the hard work, they should be treated on Diwali in a special way. Uh, so they, they get fed, you know, very special way as well. And, in the evening, um, uh, when people light up, you know, uh, you could also mention that on car, you know, the you have the candles you put on the window. Of course, so I was just going to mention that. Yeah, yeah you, we have our, so when it comes to decorating the house, you know, how we, we you know, we, we tend to repaint and, you know, make things pretty. But a lot of the things that we also do is just like, just like Christmas, we, we light the house up with, um, with Diaz, uh, which is basically candles. Um you know, nowadays we uh, we get the nice electric candles, the ones that um, you just put a battery in and you can use those. But traditionally, it was all lit by by actual, you know, the flame, the flame candles. Um, and not only that, we also um, we also hang lanterns. Just uh, just how like in other traditions, we we also use lanterns of different shapes, sizes, colors, um, and whatnot, and and the, the the thing is uh, with with bringing the light it's to let it's to uh, let god come in the home you know the, the thing is when the when the light when we consider uh, of lighting the home and keeping it lit it's to invite invite the god you know to, to bring him bring bring them home yeah it's uh, the only holiday i think yeah. i believe uh, at least among the holidays right. that i grew up with where you have a mixture of um, all different kind of uh, food, um, you know, the cuisines you could mm-hmm. think of. And regardless of your religious and social background, 
you know, mm-hmm. this is not just limited to Hindu. That's one of the interesting aspects that I grew up with is that, you know, we had a, a people who were mm-hmm. of a different religious background, but yeah. in the community, you just become part of it. They would yeah. also bring, you know, sweets and exchange sweets. Mm-hmm. And the, the typical um, uh, response would be, for instance, you know, if, if it's a young or if someone is of your age, you usually would give them a hug. If it's your parents or your aunt and uncle, and in that particular culture, if your neighbor is um, your parents' age, you also give them the same respect as you would give to your own parents. Exactly. So um, yeah. you would actually um, uh, give them courtesy or the, you would bow, you know, you would touch their feet in some culture or in some region of India where, uh, and in some cases, you know, you would just simply um, uh in supplication it, it, it shows a sign that. of respect it shows yes, a sign of respect exactly. to the to even when i was now i was born and raised in the u.s but since i i used to go back and forth to india so many you know every every year every other year to visit my uncles and aunts and my grandparents and so what we would i would when i would when i would go home and and, and enter their home i would bow down and touch their feet and you know to show a sign of respect you know and that's that that's kind of the what we what we do not only on a holiday like Diwali or anything, but just in general, that's kind of like the way we say, you know, where, where should we the, the way we should we respect to our seniors and our elders. And, and of course, have, not, not just not just family, but just any any anybody you see, you say thank you, but um, and you and you be very respectful too. And the other, you know, aspect is you know, as a blind person, you know, what I found, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Um, doing the Diwali, I mean, especially, you know, you have to uh, light up candles and other things. Um, um, like my family, uh, my siblings, even my neighbors, um, because one of the, um, I guess you could say, uh, the fun part of it is that, that the children, you know, they would kind of help with the stuff in the house, you know, lighting up candles, you know, helping the cooking elders the or their family. Yeah, and Given that, you know, um, you know, I was uh, blind uh, and, um, you know, using a candle could be dangerous, uh, depending, you know, where you're using that and especially when you're putting them on the windowsill and all that. Um, doing these kind of holidays, especially in Diwali, um, uh, my neighbors, my siblings, they would actually um, assist me. Um, so... I would be part of the game. You know, that's the only time I think that where uh, people didn't really think of much, you know, whether I'm blind or not, you know, they would not uh, basically feel sorry for me. They would Mm -hmm. just get me, you know, part of the fun. And um, so for those uh, times, you know, I would say that I always uh, look forward to Mm -hmm. and had a good time because even though, you know, uh, my family and friends, you know, they would be assisting me to light up the candles. Um, yeah. They they would also um, help me to choose a different sweets and things, you know. Um, but, you know, they wouldn't constrain me or they wouldn't kind of feel sorry that, oh, this poor guy can't see. So mm-hmm. I think, you know, from blind perspective, um, this kind of holiday, you know, not only it's- kind of combines... Um, it's inclusive it's an, food it's, yeah yeah so it, you know inclusiveness you know that that's that that aspect it certainly 
uh, is welcomed. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, even other holidays, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I recall even in oh. Christmas, uh, people did the same thing. You know, I mean, uh, they, they would just call my name and they say Happy Christmas. Mm-hmm. And that's the only time, you know, when I saw people mm-hmm. not really think about my blindness. And, you know, it, it was a Another, good thing. Yeah, it no, was a good thing. I would like to add another thing about Diwali too is, you know, when you're part of the Indian community here and, you know, India and whatnot, you know, we have during the celebrations, we do song and dances. And so here, um, uh, what we do, and I'm sure in other, I'm sure you do this too, um, Hari too, in your Indian community, you you have an event. Like one night you guys come up and everybody gets to, um, has a perform, that performs a dance or sings a song. And um, that's, that's bringing everybody together, celebrating Diwali and sharing your traditional dance with, with the community. Um, you, either you're South Indian, North Indian, you know, w- w- wherever you're from, um, every, every, every part of India has the different types of dances and songs. And so during Diwali, when you come all together in one place, you can, you're able to share, share your, your, your dances and your, your, your songs with, with each other. I, I think would that's, basi- yeah, I would basically say in short is that, um, you know, um, Whenever, if you ever get chance to be part of the Diwali, um, especially in India, I mean, because I had larger experience there, um, is that um, the common theme is there, you know, the reason why we celebrate Diwali, which is, you know, to bring happiness, good luck, wealth, and health. But be prepared, you know, for depending which region you're going in. So let's say you decided, you know, travel across India, you know, don't be surprised and be prepared for the variations how they celebrate Diwali but you know they'll all have the at least few common thing one no matter who you are how you are you'll just have a good time and you have you'll have a plenty to eat you know you have at least any given moment uh, five to ten different dishes at the very least you know uh, to choose from and, and definitely, you know, as uh, Ankar mentioned, you know, you'll have uh, uh, music. Uh, you, if, if you're inclined to talk to a priest, you know, you could find easily them. You know, um, it, it's, it's a something, you know, where um, everything comes together. Uh, but at the same time, depending which region you, uh, you know, traveling to, uh, you'll also get the... Uh, uh, the variation you also get the uh, what I call their own unique way of celebrating that. But the common theme, of course, is uh, to bring good luck and health and be happy. You know, meaning that it's like a new year, basically a new day starting in life. You know, a good thing will come. So that's the, basically the concept behind it. And um, uh, you know, now people are celebrating here. Um, it, but I remember when I first came here, people uh, didn't know much about it. Um, only in academic circle, people knew of this. Uh, but as you know, we are becoming global society. These things are uh, coming together. People are learning about each other, and it's a good thing. And especially, you know, as a blind person, um, I'm always happy to see that, um, you know, as the time goes by. Uh, people uh, through these kind of holidays, gatherings, 
it's also a good opportunity to not only get to know people and um, understand them, but also, you know, they, they get to see you um, because that's when you could express uh, yourself. So someone growing up as a blind person, um, holidays like a Diwali were times, you know, when uh, not only that I knew that, uh, you know, people wouldn't be thinking about my blindness, but also, you know, it also gave me the opportunity to just be part of the same society um, that, you know, sometimes, you know, people are a little bit hesitant because you're blind. So, you know, they have some natural uh, caution because, you know, over the centuries, you know, people, mm-hmm. as we know, people with disabilities have a different approach. They, they look at differently. Um, but these holidays are definitely, or these kind of celebrations, um, I think, you know, does have a positive effect, you know, um, uh, for everyone. Uh, so it's, you know, whether uh, you come from religious uh, perspective, non-religious perspective, or, um, you know, just, just you know, uh, as a, someone that uh, just want to be part of it, um, um, you'll always find something. And especially Diwali is the, one of the holidays in which that um, I think that um, from food Hi. to everything else comes together uh, in a nice and natural way. And then and, and, uh, I look forward to that every year. So if you ever get a chance um, to be part of it, uh, please do so. You know, you'll have a fun. All right, Meryl, are you back? There we go. Oh, great. Um, I would, uh, that was a great job, guys. Very interesting. Um, I would like to introduce um, Gabe, who will talk about the holiday oh. traditions. Oh. In, oh, I'm sorry. No, I'm, I'm sorry. If we, um, just because of uh, some uh, time differences, if we could possibly shift to Paul next, oh, that Paul, would I'm be very wonderful. No problem at all. Okay. We- um, I would like to introduce Paul Ajwan um, from Nigeria, and he will talk about his holiday tr- traditions in Nigeria. Paul, I've sent you an unmute request. Hopefully, there you go. Okay, thank you. Thank you for that introduction. As uh, Sandra said, I'm Paul Ajuan from Nigeria, now based in Missouri State University, where I work. Uh, So, I grew up in Nigeria, um, actually, uh, when I lost my sight around age nine, uh, I was enrolled in a school, uh, a residential school administered by Irish nuns in Nigeria. (laughs) So um, it was a the school was built by the government of Nigeria, but then um, just by coincidence, the uh, key person in the Ministry of Education at that time uh, happened to be a Catholic and uh, was instrumental in uh, forging an agreement 
with the Irish government and to get these uh, uh, Irish Sisters of Charity to come to Nigeria. So they, they ran the school from the 60s to the 70s to the mid-80s. And um, most, uh, all of us in that school as children, we came from different parts of the country. Uh, it was one of the very few schools in Nigeria at that time. And um, uh, we... If, if you are not a Catholic and you went to that school, um, you know, proselytizing was, you know, the order of the day. And, you know, we were indoctrinated and um, we celebrated um, all the Christian, all the Christian uh, uh, Catholic holidays in the school. As I said, it was a residential school. Uh, at that time, we went home just once a year. Uh, it has changed now in the past 20 years. We have people, students go home every quarter, you know. But Christmas season before, you know, uh, before uh, we leave for our various uh, homes, it was a big deal. And that was when I uh, actually first became um introduced to what you call santa claus yeah we call it uh, father christmas you know <laughs> so if you go to nigeria or to english speaking africa uh you will hear people refer to santa santa claus as father christmas so that was always very special moment for us as blind students they would take us to centers where father christmas uh would be stationed and we would, um, you know, chat with him and uh, there would be, um, he would give us gifts and we would sing songs, various Christmas songs, Christmas carols. You know, it was always a very special uh, moment for us as kids, you know. Um, being uh, blind uh, children, we, in the residential school, we didn't uh, really associate much with uh, non-disabled uh, uh, kids as we grew up. But when we went home uh, just a couple of weeks before December 25, which is the Christmas day, um, it was um, a, a different experience for some of us uh, in the sense that um, if you came from... Um, if you came from a Muslim family, you know, you would, um, well, you would receive uh, gifts and foods from Christian, from Christian families. In most cases in Nigeria, and in the case of my family, we are talking of immediate and extended families. It's usually a mixed bag. You know, you would have Muslims and you would have Christians and um which is an interesting thing, given that, um, you know, um, I, I mean, give, which makes the country uh, what you can call a, a religious melting pot, you know. So you may have brothers and sisters practicing different religious beliefs. That's not unusual in Nigeria. And within the uh, community setting, the streets where you and your extended families live, 
on the on the Christmas day, during the Christmas season, or even during Easter, which is celebrated worldwide, you would have um, fellowships extended, good wishes, uh, visits. Uh, what is typical, what I recall, and what is still uh, predominant today is, uh, you know, during festive religious festive seasons, you um, you have the opportunity to eat the best food possible. You know, the cooking um, during Christmas, for instance, and Easter, what we call jollof rice, uh, a special dish that uh, has rice and vegetables and uh, different kinds of meat. Um, very popular in Nigeria. Uh, you see families who are celebrating that particular season, that particular holiday, who uh, make extra to share. You know, it's just a season of sharing, a season of fellowship. You want to make sure that nobody's left behind. Uh, you also share beyond the extended family, you know. Um, and that's the time also when you see... Uh, visitors coming in and out, you know, people you've not seen for a long time, they go the extra mile to ensure that they visit, they visit you. And uh, of course, on the Christmas day, Easter day, uh, you have an obligation to, to worship. You go to church and you put on your best attire. That is typical in Nigeria. Um, I need to say that, you know, um, Nigeria is a very religious nation, uh, and uh, there is a lot of history behind that. You know, 200 years ago, it wasn't like that. But when the missionaries came with sword in one hand and uh, Bible in the other, uh, they propagated their beliefs. And... Um, that influence is still felt in many parts of Nigeria today. But Islam, which is the other predominant religion, um, is also uh, well entrenched in actually both north and south parts of uh, Nigeria. Statistically today, um, in terms of uh, percentage, the Islamic followers uh, have maybe a 10% advantage. So it's like 50% Islam, 40% Christianity, and uh, the other 10% will be people you classify as traditional uh, believers or traditional religious worshippers, uh, the uh, original uh, religious ideology of the inhabitants of the country that we call Nigeria, uh, their beliefs um, have not been totally suppressed because they appeal to uh, segments of both Islam and Christianity because um, uh, people admire their closeness to nature. They admire their morality, their honesty, 
and uh, their goodwill generally, to the point that, I will tell you, you have uh, officiating priests in both Islam and Christianity who secretly patronize them, uh, and they do that in the dark. They don't want to be seen during the day. So it's kind of... Uh, <laughs> It's kind of hypocritical, but that, that's the reality. In any event, um, they say people with disabilities, blind, blind people like myself, um, we, um, we occupy uh, a special place in some communities because um, you, you know, you are perceived as having special talents, especially those who um, are good in music or good in drumming. Uh, music is a key aspect of the culture in any celebration in Nigeria. And there are gifted musicians who are blind singers, uh, instrumentalists, and uh, people love to invite them to um to display their talent during the festive uh, seasons, either for Christian followers or for Islamic followers. Um, again, during um, festive seasons, uh, people who are wealthy, um, they take a special pride in a fellowshipping with uh, the less privileged, like orphans, uh, orphanages, uh, what we call, what you call uh, senior centers, uh, which is becoming more popular now because of uh, economic hardships and um, we can say westernization, you know, urbanization has really uh, destroyed traditional values of caring for for families. So um, people are setting up homes for such people. And so the well-to-do in the community uh, make it their obligation to uh, bring smiles on the faces of handicapped people, homeless people, uh, those that are in hospitals. So, you know, you find that Easter season, um, Christmas period, Islamic Idel period, where, where they break their fasting, these are uh, important occasions when uh, visits are paid to special centers, hospitals, uh, to uh, uh, to uh, to brighten the lives of inmates. So it is always a good thing, but I tell you, um, I wish that um, people would think outside the box because the way I look at it, and we talk about this a lot, that why um you know sometimes people ask me they say um what uh, what are you doing for christmas and i say well you know every day is christmas for me because i i think the 
essence. We've lost the essence, the importance of Christmas and all these religious festivities because we tend to think only in terms of that particular one day or two days and forget the other 360, 63 or 64 days in the year, which is very sad indeed. In the sense that, you know, poverty is palpable in Nigeria. You know, people are struggling, especially in the past uh, 25 years, 30 years, when the economy has nosedived and um, you have a government that is less caring. You don't have social security stipends like you have... um, hundred dollars or five hundred dollars coming to the indigent family every month that is non-existent in Nigeria so as a I came from a very poor family and um, as a blind person growing up um, I really got uh, introduced to what poverty is uh, but <clears throat> Lots more people are in worse situation. Only the economy and the social atmosphere today is worse than when I was growing up, to be, to be frank with you. And I told Sandra about this, some of the things Sandra have um, donated to us that have taken back to Nigeria have really considerably improved the uh, quality of life of the special kids in, in the schools for the blind. So, um, uh, it's it's nice to have these holidays and to think of those who are suffering, uh, but I think we need to do more in order to make a living uh, and in order to make education, healthcare, you know, uh, more accessible. When when um, as 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 children grow up, especially as uh, those with disabilities struggle, you know, to uh, to go to school, uh, whether it's primary, secondary, or post-secondary, uh, or even to find employment, you know, which is another uh, another uh, issue entirely. Well, so that's my uh, uh, contribution in terms of vacations, uh, festive holidays, and so on and so forth. If you have any questions, I'll be willing to answer them. Thank you for the opportunity to share my experiences and about how we celebrate religious uh, holidays in uh, in Nigeria, which by the way, is has the largest population of any country in Africa, 200 million people. That's a very large population. <laughs> so thank you. Right. Thank you so much, Paul. And what you said there about the importance of giving and um, helping those in emerging nations actually segues very nicely to before we continue with holidays, we're going to take, as they say, a small commercial break and uh, tell you a little bit about because this call is sponsored by ACB's International Relations Committee. So I want to tell you quickly about who we are and how you can get involved during this holiday season. And 
provide some assistance. Like Paul mentioned that so many of these, especially these blind kids are um, in need of. So if you, all of this information is on our um, website. If you go to acb.org and then you click on committees and task forces and then click on international relations, you will get to our page. So we seek to promote the understanding and empowerment of people who are blind or have low vision around the world. We do this through events like this one and our voices around the world luncheon during the ACB conference and convention where people come together to share their experiences from internationally in here. Um, we curate uh, ACB Forum magazine issues focused on blindness around the world, and we hold uh, community calls on the international blindness experience, um, and we provide uh, where we can some blindness-related materials and equipment to those in emerging nations. And so um, on our website, you can find links to our convention presentations and community call archives and curated ACB Forum uh, issues. Um, and you can also find out about these special projects so we are working with uh, Paul in Nigeria and also with a foundation currently um, in Ethiopia to provide, uh, to assist blind children uh, there to receive um, equipment. So we are asking um, ACV members and friends if you or if you know um, of anyone who has um, some unused or in good working condition of um, certain uh, blindness related items to, um, you know, please get in touch with me and I would be happy to give you a US address to which you could mail them. And these are things that I know some of you have lying around, um, things like slates and styli and braille paper and um, Perkins brailers, braille games, um, white canes, calculators. Um, how do you say abacus plural? I think it's abacai. <laughs> Yeah. Or advocacy. <laughs> yeah, <I'm, yeah>, <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah. Any kind of mm -hmm. older, like if you have any kind of like unused laptops with, um, you know, like say like an NVDA screen reader, any kind of um, like portable scanners, um, any kind of um, handheld uh, and portable magnifiers, um, mm -hmm. sir, portable, uh, any kind of like manual typewriters, uh, surplus copies of the ACB forum, which I just mentioned. If you have real copies of those or any other kinds of specialized publications to give these, you know, kids a sense of, of what's possible and what's being done in other countries. Um, we certainly hope that you will, um, either if you have some of these or if you, um, you know, if some of your friends who have them, who have extras that they're not using, um, please do get in touch with me. My contact information is on our website and I would be happy to give you um, an address to which to send them. So, with that, I will turn this back over to Meryl to continue uh, with our panel. Thank you. Thank you so much, Maria. Um, great job. I would like to introduce Gabriel Lopez Cafati. Um, he is from Honduras, or as they say in Spanish, Honduras. And um, he's also the president of Blind Pride International, as well as being on the Spanish subcommittee for the Multicultural Affairs Committee. And he will discuss the holiday traditions in Honduras. Take away, take it away, uh, Gabriel. Thanks, Meryl. Um, Maria, actually, I, I don't know if you mind. Uh, let me see. Do we still have Hannah May on the uh, oh, call? Okay. Oh, Hannah May, she's in the Philippines. In the Philippines, she, yes. And she's she in is... the Philippines, and I want to make sure because she's on Thursday morning already, and okay. she will be will have to go into work 
soon. Oh, okay. So if Sorry we about that. Okay. Have her... so no, no, like that's to... okay, ma'am. Awesome. So if we have yes. Hannah. She is here. And Hannah, I've sent you an unmute request. I hope that you can unmute. And then I'll go after Hannah. Thank you okay. for that nice introduction, Meryl. Oh, you're welcome. Zoom is being uh, very detrimental. Um, if you'll stand by, I will try sending... Hannah, I'll try sending you another unmute request. I'm not sure what is happening this evening with the Zoom. Oh, there you are. Okay, finally, you're unmuted. Oh, great, Hannah Mae. Uh, this is... um. Hannah Mae Aldiza from the Philippines, and she will talk about her holiday traditions uh, in the Philippines. Go ahead. Oh, um, Hannah, we're able, we, you do show us being unmuted, but we're not able to hear you. All right. Um, do we want to, Gabe, if you want to go for because I see she's muted again. So I think she's having some oh. trouble with her audio. So, so I oh. guess we can go with Gabe then. Oh. Yeah, well, I'm, I'll start. And Hannah, whenever you, you are able to unmute, just feel free to jump in and I'll, and I'll make a pause because I know mm -hmm. you have to go to work. Um, so, hi, everyone. I won't reintroduce myself after <laughs> Meryl's wonderful Thank bio. Um, well, as Meryl said, I'm from Honduras in Central America. And um, I don't want to say that holiday or Christmas traditions are the same, uh, but they're kind of almost the same, at least throughout Central America um, and Mexico, actually. So we start Christmas celebration um actually uh it's it's very influenced by the uh calendar of the catholic church so we follow the advent so then you know everyone puts out a wreath on the door and then you start adding uh each advent each sunday leading up to christmas day is um one more color that you add to um to your door decoration and um as you approach the holidays, obviously there's the hustle and bustle of shopping for gifts and uh, visiting relatives and family and uh, uh, a lot of uh, gatherings, you know, companies or offices, they have their own gatherings. And um, as you come up to uh the actual week of Christmas, there is a um, there is a, a, a very nice tradition, which is usually happens within a neighborhood or within a group of family members. So basically, it's called uh, in Spanish posadas, and uh, posada is a word for like hospitality, like hotel. So it's basically a reenactment of um mary and joseph looking for a posada which is somewhere to rest so the group is divided into two so one group plays the part of mary and joseph and there's a song and um, they're knocking on doors and it's the whole you know uh, story about how they are not finding where to rest for the night and then finally they get to the one and that's uh, the house of the person who is 
hosting that was out of that night. And then they sing, uh, go in, and then there's a lot of food, um, both salty and sweet, uh, depending on how, how, you know, how much or how little you want to do. Um, obviously, what's always expected and typical is what is called a tamal, which is basically a... Um, It's, it's a very, very elaborate. Uh, trust me, my mom makes it from scratch and it's an entire day process. So it's um, basically cornmeal that is brewed with the juices of the meat that you're going to put. So, for example, if you make it with pork riblet, you cook the pork riblet with a lot of condiments. Don't ask me what goes into them. I know there's a lot of cumin. Um, talots, tomato, uh, so many things, Gra freshly ground black pepper. So with that water, you make, you mix it with a cornmeal and then you add the, the pork, you add some rice, potatoes, um, olives, and uh, then you wrap all that in a banana leaf. And um, then you tie it up and boil it and then Once it's ready, you open it up and it's very customary to eat it right on top of the leaf. So it's very nice. The typical sweet treat for the holidays is something that is called torreja, which is uh, mainly, so picture a, a, <laughs> a French toast because it is sometimes made out of um, wheat or sometimes made out of cornmeal but it is a little patty that is fried and then um, it's fried uh, with cinnamon and other spices and then it's submerged in a um, homemade syrup that has uh, that is rum based with cinnamon and cloves and uh, all those aromatic spices so those are the typical drinks and then we have our own version of eggnog which is also, uh, you know, there's the kids version, but the popular version obviously has rum. And um, basically people have, uh, at that point, they, you know, they're, they're, they, they usually have uh, an exchange of small gifts or small items. And um, then the, um, the big uh, day in, in, Latin America and Central America and Mexico is uh, Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve is celebrated with um, lots of food. Uh, we have kind of Americanized our Christmas a little bit because besides the tamal, we also now serve turkey and, and, and um, baked ham. Um, although I have to say that we do have um, uh, pork which is done quite differently. It's not the American way. It's, it's more of a um, Central American way of uh, roasting the pork. And um, definitely rice. There's always rice, potato salad, and uh, the typical um, torreja, which is the sweet. So basically, the idea is that people get together on That's Christmas together. Eve, and then you um, uh, wait until midnight. And at midnight, that's when, like, all the excitement happens. You have to be up uh, for midnight. And once the clock hits 12, um, you know, it's a very, very happy moment. Congratulatory. Everyone hugs and goes around, kisses and 
obviously this is pre-COVID, <laughs> but yeah, and everyone um, is congratulating each other on, you know, the birth of, of Christ, which is what we're celebrating. And then obviously there was also gift exchanges. Now Christmas Day actually starts late <laughs> in Central America because uh, it's, 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 you know, you, Christmas Eve goes into the wee hours. Um, many people, the tradition is that you should have dinner after midnight. Some people have uh, kind of modified that just to accommodate, you know, elderly or people who who have special dietary restrictions who cannot eat so late or kids, you know, who cannot <laughs> be waiting until after midnight to eat. Uh, but typically it is after midnight. So imagine a whole night of eating. Uh, there's drinking and there's dancing after midnight. Uh, many people do go to mass at, at midnight, and uh, that makes it for a very late night. Uh, back in the day when I was growing up, there was a lot of firecracker activity. Um, they were legal, but uh, due to many irresponsible people who haven't watched out for after their kids, there have been many accidents, so now we have been forced to uh, regulate um, and, and kind of just taper down on the fireworks so firework activity is not as it used to be although in new years it's also a tradition i don't know i, I haven't seen it here in the u.s and i don't know if it's if it's just something from latin america where uh you build like a a mannequin out of paper and you fill it out with firecrackers and you put on the chest the name of the i mean not the name the number of the year that you are uh closing and then once same deal once uh the clock hits midnight you light it up you 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 hang it like a pinata so picture a pinata in the shape of like i don't know a, a, a man like a tin man and uh full of firecrackers inside and and it's made out of entirely paper mainly newspaper so once uh the clock hits midnight you start burning it and that's like you know saying goodbye to the year that is um just closing and opening the new year um so in a nutshell those are the traditions there's um like i said a lot of food a lot of friendship a lot of family get-togethers and uh there is always gifting and we have uh the other traditions that we have imported like Santa Claus and uh, the villages. Um, oh, I forgot to mention something very, very nice is uh, there people like to do huge nativity scenes. So nativity scenes are big and there's even competitions. Uh, so people make competitions. And um, one funny fun fact that I don't know if many people know is that in Latin America, you set up your nativity scene, but you do not put the figure of uh, baby Jesus on on the cradle um, or on the you know on the patch of of, of hay um, uh, until uh, Christmas Day. So it's very nice because everyone you know kids when we when we're kids we we're we're waking up. Uh, not only expecting to see gifts under the tree, but also we go to the nativity scene to see uh, that uh, baby Jesus is already there. <laughs> so that's that. I uh, will 
pause to see if Hannah was able to unmute. And if not, Maria, you, we can go ahead with the rest of the program. All right. Uh, let me check. I do see her still here, um, but she is. I'm going to, Hannah, I'll try sending you an unmute request again. I'm sure you all can appreciate sometimes there's some internet issues mm -hmm. that happen. Um, and unfortunately, I am not seeing her unmute come through. Hello. Oh, there you are. Yeah. Wonderful. <laughs> Excellent. Sorry about that. No problem. Very glad you could to have you, that we can hear you. <laughs> Yay, me too. I was troubleshooting while Gabe was speaking earlier. <laughs> it worked out. <laughs> it worked. So, well, hello everyone. Thank you. Thank you for having me here to talk about our holidays here in the Philippines. Actually, while I was thinking about this, the common theme is either religious or historical. And most of our holidays were borrowed from other countries. Like what Gabriel was talking about earlier, we have our big Christmas Eves, and the same way as how they celebrated almost, we have the 12 midnight thing where kids don't sleep and wait for the midnight and have Christmas parties at home, eating lots of food, which take all the 24th of December to prepare, and eat and play games and exchange gifts and in the 31st of December is the New Year's Eve where everybody also uh, cooks food and have lots of round fruits displayed on the table like apples, oranges, Apparently, it means that you are expecting a pros prosperous, prosperous year ahead. And in at midnight, people, kids are told to put coins in their pockets and jump <laughs> first to grow up taller, and second to just really. Uh, have more money next year so other holidays are more of a religious have more of a religious meaning to them like the Immaculate Conception in December in December 8th uh, some other festivals and I was also looking because there are several specific regional holidays that we have unfortunately and sadly I grew up in Manila so I haven't experienced any of these but we have a flower festival in February uh, in, in one region where participants dress in colorful costumes and and have 
flowers all over. It's a three-day parade. And another one is a um, Mascara Festival in October in one of the regions in Visayas where people dance and wear colorful smiling masks because it's the city of smiles and lots of other things that being in the Filipino and still in the Philippines I have to experience as well so just looking forward to all these things after COVID so for me that's it thanks everyone for listening All right. Thank you so much, uh, Hannah. Very uh, glad to have your perspective as well. Um, before we, since we're tonight is the night for some Zoom technical glitches, that's for sure. Um, what we will do, um, I am going to, before we uh, open this up for some. Oh, okay. Very good. Okay, go go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead, Meryl. Oh, my God. Okay. So um, we have finished with the panelists, and now it is my turn to have some Q&A for the panelists from the audience. And Maria will give you all the commands to follow so that you can participate. Very good. All right. Thank you, Meryl. So, yes, we are using the raise hand feature. And... Uh, oh, am I? Um, yes. Uh, so if you would like to raise your hand to ask a question, you're going to use Alt-Y on the PC. You're going to use Option-Y on the Mac. You will use star 9 if you are dialing in. And if you're on a mobile device, you're going to go to More in the bottom right-hand corner of your screen and then go to Raise Hand. So the first person we have with a raised hand is Travis. So Travis, I've sent you a request to unmute. So you can go ahead and unmute and ask you. Alrighty, hello yes. there. How are hello. we doing? Great. Feel free to ask your question for the panelists. Okay, so um, I got a question for um, Gabe. You're from Honduras. Mm-hmm. So um, yes. For, so Gabe, you know, with you sell, you know, with your uh, Christmas traditions, you know, in Honduras and you know whatever. Um, do you put up the same like? decorations like we do in the united states and also what do you eat during the holidays what's its tradition so travis thank you for that question because actually we started off um we started we, we every time more obviously with you know imports and uh internet and all the you know uh, we've always been known for for importing a lot of the american culture and tradition so back in the day we are the our christmas decoration was very very uh local it was you know you used to go buy the little figurines that were made out of clay for your nativity scenes and and it was very very typical that you would buy like the dry uh uh grass and uh the uh <laughs> the mistletoe the wood piece he says everything you would assemble your entire um your entire nativity scene and that was a big part of the decoration then the christmas tree was uh always 
um, kind of uh, the American way. It was a you know pine tree, even though we have pine trees in Honduras. So I don't think that's that's too much of a copy. So now we have evolved, and I myself probably am one of the ones who was the first one to break the tradition because I always I, I always wanted to live a winter wonderland or a white Christmas. So I started doing doing a, a, a nativity scene with the you know with the buffalo snow and the uh, and the little houses with the lights and now everyone kind of does that, but we still we still reserve a space for a very very typical nativity scene. Um, as far as food, um, definitely the tamal is the big star of the season, which is the the cornmeal with meat and rice wrapped in a in a um, plantain leaf and then boiled and then the torreja which is like i uh, mentioned earlier the um basically uh latin version of a french toast <laughs> uh, obviously it has a little bit more spice and stuff going on because it has um cloves and cinnamon um and it also has fresh cinnamon and it also has uh, a pinch of rum <laughs> to kind of spice it up But other than that, there's other foods as well. There's a lot of pork. People eat pork any way, shape, or form you can imagine. Um, pork shoulder. Um, there's always a lot of rice dishes and uh, potato salad. And uh, yeah, basically that's that's what uh, that that's what we typically um, have as far as food. So I hope I answered your question. All right, Sandra, you are next. And can you all hear me? Yes. I actually don't have a question. I just wanted to say how wonderful this is and how amazing the panel has been. Um, definitely enriching. I learned a lot and I am so glad you guys are having this. Well, thank you so much for the kind words. Sandra's our past committee chair and actually helped us with getting one of our panelists. So we certainly um, appreciate the help there. And uh, we're glad that we we're uh, able to have a, a call that um, I hope a lot of you have learned. I've certainly learned some new things from and I've also become hungry with all these references to food. And uh, so thanks to, to all of you who have been here thus far with us this evening. Um, we do have a phone number that ends in 597. You should be able to uh, ask well, your question. All right. I'm Hello, Calandra. Uh, first of all, I came in at like 8.30 or something like that. And I enjoyed the presentation. It was beautiful hearing from all these countries. But I have a question for uh, Paul. Um, did you and your family ever like to play Christmas music while trimming the tree or listening to or, or even have Christmas cookies? I mean, how did you entertain yourself if you while decorating a Christmas tree? And what sort of tree did you use? All right, let's see if we can get Paul. I've sent you an unmute request. 
Okay, I'm unmuted. I can. Oh, I don't know. It was a question for Paul. Um, oh, for Paul. Oh, yes. okay. I'm sorry. I <laughs> no, no problem. I was, I, if, Zoom was going in and out. I thought it was uh, yeah, just so, to everyone. Okay. Zoom is being very interesting this evening. <laughs> and, oh dear. And Paul, we're not able to hear you either. So let me try one more time. I'm not sure why the unmute is not happening um all right well we can certainly try and come back to that um can you hear? oh yes there you are oh, good. Can you, okay sorry <laughs> yes I, I tried it but i'm glad it worked now yes. <laughs> so about about Christmas decorations and uh, yeah, Christmas heart. music and yeah, Christmas music. Yeah, well, um, I um, you know, Christmas. Most families in Nigeria, including my family, would find that um, an expensive undertaking. I um, came from a very poor family, and uh, we we struggled. Uh, you know, we struggled a lot. And so we didn't we didn't care much about putting up Christmas trees and all those um, expensive traptions of holidays, you know, other holidays as well, because uh, you know, five kids, uh, a lot of kids to to feed, you know. <laughs> so, as once we got um, good clothes, you know, we were contented with that. Um, so no Christmas tree. And again, um, you know, I grew up, uh, with a new ideology, a new, uh, philosophy also regarding that, as I said in my presentation that, you know, uh, we tend in, in Nigeria and other countries have visited in Africa, we tend to, uh, commercialize these festivities excessively, you know, to the point that I believe um, these Christian and Islamic holidays have lost their essence. And I would want, I would want society or the community to re-evaluate uh, the reasons why these holidays, these festivities are being celebrated so so that we pay more attention to um, positively impacting the quality of life of those underprivileged children, blind children, uh, deaf children, uh, children with autism. There are many of them who are really suffering, and if we do that. Uh, all throughout the year, I think that would be more meaningful than purchasing Christmas trees just for one day of the year. So that's my take on that. I hope I answered your question. All right. Thank you, Paul. And we don't have any more raised hands with questions at the moment. So if someone would like to either ask a question or if you'd like to share 
some holiday tradition of your own, do feel free to raise your hand. Again, it's Alt Y, Option Y, more, and then raise hand or star nine. All right. And we have, again, I'm just waiting. Okay. Um, thank you, those of you who raised your hands. I do want to just see if anyone else raises because you are repeaters. So just out of respect for any others who might raise their hands. All right. I am not seeing anyone else. So if you would like, we'll start uh, with you, Calandra, and I've asked you to unmute. Yes, the holiday tradition that I have. Okay, when I was growing up, I grew. I was born originally from Waco, Texas, but I came to Fort Worth uh, in the year of. 1997. Um, I have mostly Christmases and Thanksgiving and group homes, if not at my mom. But the tradition that we follow is that just recently I just started helping my mom cook uh, dinner. Either it's Christmas dinner or Thanksgiving dinner. Um, on Christmas, we would get up in the morning. We would have breakfast if we desired or coffee. And there's usually my sister that comes over. Um, unless we get some more people in our family to come over. Um, we all come together. My mom has a dog and my sister has two dogs. So all of this, when we get together, we have music and everything. It may not be Christmas music because my mom doesn't listen to it often like I do, as I do. So after we eat dinner or whatever, we open Christmas gifts. And then we sit around and chat and laugh and carry on. And every now and then we would watch movies or something like that. So it, as far as the Christmas tree, my mom has a Christmas tree. Because I used to go over there and uh, she would let me touch it. And um, she would decorate it. And for me... I have Christmas decorations that I've saved over the years, but I don't have a Christmas tree. And I usually would take out Christmas CDs or something like that to keep me company while I do decorations or make decorations or, or do stuff like that. And Christmas shopping is always a lot of fun because you get to pick out that and um with me being blind i would have assistance shopping at different places and yes my mom and my sister dad and i um each give each other gifts 
no matter how big or small. And we're always pleased with it. And um, I get more clothes than I do anything else in shoes. But I'm always happy for the gift. But most important of all, I wanted to celebrate Christmas and Thanksgiving is because I think of Jesus who, who came to save us from our sins, how he was born as a baby and he died on the cross for us. And Easter's a very important holiday for me too. So I will give somebody else a chance and thank you very much for allowing me to share. All right. Thank you, Calandro. That's a great um, sentiment there of being grateful for uh, gifts and what you have, no matter the size. All right. Um, I don't see any other hands raised at the moment. So I'm just going to take a few minutes in our um, time left of quick privilege to tell you a little bit about uh, some Christmas traditions that uh, are I think at least are unique in terms of things we haven't heard uh, before that happen in um, Croatia, where um, I uh, am ethnically Croat and I'm um, from Bosnia originally. Um, but I, I'm sure you can appreciate the time zone differences. It's, uh, you know, two, three a.m. right now in the morning in Europe. So uh, wasn't we were not able as much as we tried to get a European presenter live. So in order to cover a bit of Europe um, as well um, in Croatia, uh, the the Christmas time is definitely a big time of the year, um, starting from Advent, which is the last Saturday in November. So right up leading until Christmas. So that's the four weeks and then going through the 12 uh, days of Christmas um, onto the uh, 6th or 7th of January, uh, whatever that works out to be at the moment. I'm clearly not able to do math well at this hour. Um, so uh, starting from uh, Advent, uh, usually in the center squares of the cities and towns, people make these huge wreaths and they're made of the real, um, what are they called, like firs or evergreen branches or, or pines, pines, like Gabe said. Um, and they're very large and they're typically made around fountains in the squares. And there are four candles that are put in the center of the wreaths and one of them is lit each week. So it burns out the following week. And so hence how many candles are left, how many candles are unlit symbolizes how many weeks are left until Christmas. Um, so there are also things like um, Christmas ornaments and pine cones that are um, uh, Christmas decorations that are placed around those wreaths. Um, people do the same thing with wreaths and candles in their homes also, uh, and those are centerpieces on tables. Um, another interesting uh, decoration that is there, again, on, on tables, um, so people plant barley in a dish, like they'll put the you know barley seeds and they'll plant it in the soil, and that's typically done on the day that is um, considered St. Lucy's uh, day, and um, those are uh, when the barley, you know, grows, it, it rises up the the stalks you know the grass like comes up the the um wheat <laughs> um the candle is placed in the center of that uh display of, of barley and so that's also a christmas decoration um they have christmas markets again in these advent weeks um leading up to christmas and through christmas their villages um 
that are constructed in the the cities and towns um like certain houses are uh, put up uh to to be like a village and these houses end up being like stands where um things are sold so uh things like um uh homemade sausages and smoked pork and lots of different sweets um the sweets are primarily lots of different ones that, but they're walnut based um a lot of the time and um people gather usually especially on the weekends um in these markets you know parties and singing and um christmas music merrymaking kind of things um there's hot wine and hot tea that's sold at these uh, markets as well um and there are actually some places where they're um, freely available and one thing that's really famous and sold and such there are chestnuts and chestnuts are roasted um on this uh type of uh i guess grill it kind of looks like a barbecue and um so the streets all smell so much like chestnuts it's a very delicious uh smell um because they're just everywhere um and uh, people on the actual day of um and well christmas eve so people you know go to dinner if, if it's like a married couple they might go to the husband's parents the one uh christmas eve and then the wife's on christmas day or if you know people are living at home they're just gonna have the dinner with their um family or if it's like people who are single they're gonna go with you know their siblings or relatives or some such and so there's dinner um traditionally what's eaten is some um fish there's a special type of bread that's made there's um a bean soup that's made um as well specifically for that night and then uh, typically they go to midnight mass um and then on the christmas uh day so the meat is not eaten on the christmas eve but then from christmas um day there is um meat uh there's like for example some meat stuffed cabbage which is called sarma there are these pitas which are like phyllo dough stuffed uh with various things various types there are meat ones cheese ones potato ones um there's roasted a pork or a, a lamb there's this thing called keshke which is a chicken and barley soup type and these are all traditional um christmas uh day dishes and then for the 12 days of christmas there's just a lot of like going to different houses you know friends going to each other's um houses and um you know friends just doing a lot of um you know gathering to these uh during these these 12 days so um in the last few minutes that we have left here um meryl if you want to just very quickly i know you wanted to see if you could mention something about hanukkah in, yeah. in like a minute or two <laughs> sure. um hanukkah is a festival and it's and it's also historical because there was a mean king antiochus and the Jews defeated Antiochus. And there was oil that was only supposed to last for one day and it lasted for eight days and that was a miracle. So what happens is we light the candle for Hanukkah and um, for the eight days. Now, I don't do it now, but you know, I, when I was growing up, we did it and I did it with the assistance of my parents. We also eat potato latkes, which are potato pancakes, and they can be eaten with applesauce or sour cream. It's delicious. Um, and kids get as presents Hanukkah gelt. And gelt is the Yiddish word for money, and it's wrapped in tinfoil. So uh, basically, yes, that is uh, how we celebrate Hanukkah. Thank you. 
All right. Very good. Well, thank you. As you all can tell, there are so very many holidays and holiday traditions. I feel like this call should have been two hours. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, how much we were able to squeeze in an hour and a half. So um, I would like to thank very much all of our um, panelists, our um, committee members, Harry and Uncod and Gabe. And um, I'd like to thank Hannah May. I'm glad you were able to make it. And Paul as well. Glad to have you. Thanks so much for sharing your traditions and your perspectives and thanks to um, those of you who also asked questions and um, shared about your traditions. So we uh, absolutely wish you a very wonderful holiday uh, season and thank you very much for coming and do uh, be on the lookout for other activities of the International Relations Committee. Do visit um, our website as well. Again, if you think that you um, might have or might know people who have some of the uh, equipment that we are uh, soliciting and some of the items that we're soliciting to help some of these um, children in need in um, emerging nations. Uh, we would you know, very much appreciate the uh, any assistance that you're able to provide in terms of um, equipment and, and materials that you're not using that could use a good home. So um, with that, thank you again very much. And we uh, wish you a good night and a happy holiday season. And great job, Maria and everyone. Thank you so much. Thank you, Meryl. Thank you, you, everyone.